Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. Y'all ready for the word? Yes. Somebody say finish strong. finish strong. Say it again, finish strong. Finish strong. Look at your neighbor and say neighbor. Finish strong. That's, that's, that's something that the Lord wanted me to share with you today about finishing strong because it's not how you start that counts, it's how you finish. Amen. And so a lot of people start in a multiplicity of different ways, but it's how you finish it all off. Amen. So I want to not only start right, I want to finish right. Amen. And so I got a couple of things I want to share with you. Um, and let's start off in John chapter 4. Verse 34, then we're going to go to Acts chapter 20, verse 24, talk a little bit about Paul right there in the scriptures. We're going to do our C3 confessions, and then we're going to go right into the word. Is that okay? All right, everybody's okay? Are you sure? All right, so make sure you got your Bibles out because some scripture I'm not going to have on the board. A lot of times that makes people lazy. So some scripture I'm going to have, some I will not. I'm going to make you look it up in the Bible so you can have it. Amen? Uh Back when I used to half go to church with my mama, because she used to make me go to church, <laughs> they, the saints used to read the scriptures out loud in the congregation. Who remember that? Yep. Yeah. Children's church was sitting next to my mama. It wasn't no children's church. <clears throat> you, you learn how to behave in church because you're sitting by your mama. Right? Wasn't no shenanigans. Because you got slapped, right, Sam? Uh, she give you that look. All, all my mama did do is give me a look, and I'm, I'm straightening right. She, she can be in the middle of just praying for somebody, laying hand and, and give me a look, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how them old mothers, man. Them old mothers, I miss those old mothers, man. Amen. And so her church there in Mobile, Alabama, all of those old mothers are praying every day for this church. So we're operating in blessings, man, from, from seasoned prayer warriors. Amen. And Elaine's mom and my mom, man, we, we, got some, we got some old people praying for us. Amen? And so I'm excited about it because they are for real. They ain't playing about it. So let's read a couple of passages here in John chapter 4, verse 34. When you get there, say, I have it. And um, listen, I'm not going to go through the whole totality of Scripture today. If you allow me the flexibility, I normally don't do this. Just take a couple of Scriptures out of context. Uh, it's easy to do. Uh, but I, I, I promise you, I will work very hard not to take it out of context by using one scripture because, you know, I normally read uh, the body of the, the, the text so that you can have a full understanding of the context. But if you allow me that flexibility today, I'm going to do that. So 434 says, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to what? And to finish his work. Now, of course, this is after he had just dealt with the Samaritan woman. Um, and when the disciples came back with food and they thought that he had already eaten, of course, they were all in the flesh. Right. So I'm going to break down that spiritual food in just a second. But I want you to go over to Acts 20, 24 uh, really quickly here. I want to read a, a, a passage there uh, from our good friend, the great missionary, Paul, the apostle. In Acts chapter 20, verse 24, uh, Paul says, but none of these things move me. He's talking about the chains and the tribulations that he had to endure uh, from a public level. He said, none of these things move me. Saints of God, let me tell you something. That, that, that's the kind of tenacity that every Christian must have, that no matter what you go through in life, you got to step back and say, but you know what? None of these things move me. 
I'm going to stand firm in God. Nothing is going to take me away from church. Nothing's going to take me away from his word. Nothing's going to take me away from faith and believing in Jesus Christ and what he's done in my life. None of these things, no sickness, no, no damage to my family, no damage to my life, no matter what's going on in the community, no matter what's going on in the news, none of these things move me. Why? Because I'm solid in the foundation that Jesus Christ is the rock of our salvation. Come on, somebody, that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hello. That's who you are, saints of God. Identify with who you are. And if you know who you are, no one else can redefine you. We got too many redefinitions going on in the culture today, but I ain't dealing with that today. Nor do I count myself, my life dear to myself so that I may what? Finish my race with what? And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Man, there's so much good stuff there, but I have to stop there. I get down a rabbit trail. And so both places where you see Jesus and you see uh, Paul the apostle saying that they are going to finish. I'm going to bring some more scriptures out as I move forward, but I want to do the confessions before I do that. Is that okay? Uh, you guys ready? Here we go. Oh, righteous father. Thank you for separating me to receive great grace and great power. Fill us with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. My heart is good ground and cannot be infiltrated or penetrated with the devil's seeds. I am a contagious carrier of the power, the purpose, the passion, and the potential of God. I believe you will supply all of my needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Therefore, I am not need-based. Say it again. I am not need-based. I am a supplier. I'm not man-centered. I am God-centered. I'm not an orphan. I am a son. I am redeemed. I am the blood washed. I am holy. I am righteous. I'm an overcomer. In Jesus' name, amen. Just a couple of things that we're confessing each and every day is the word of God. Now, I don't know about you, um, but you may have come across people that you know uh, are good at starting things. Now, when I say this, please don't think that I'm in any way trying to indicate that I'm talking about you. I am not trying to say anything about you, that you are the one that starts stuff that don't finish it. I am not talking about you. I'm only dealing with the person in your seat. So we can move forward now, right? Some people start projects that they never finish. Some start books that they never finish. Some start classes <laughs> that they never finish. Some start businesses, but they refuse to do what it takes to be success successful. You just think that uh, you're just going to lay in the bed and your business is going to be successful. I'm going to read the right book. That don't happen. You got to put the work in. Or they start writing a book, but they never finish it. Now, this is the new year, so a lot of times people start off eating right, they start off going to the gym, but by March, 
You're just a member. <laughs> you have a membership card, but they haven't seen you. They're sending you emails like we haven't seen you in weeks. Where have you been? Amen. So a lot of times we can start off good. We just don't finish well. A couple of things here I'm going to share just out of my heart here. You will never focus on a thing that is not a priority. Therefore, you will never possess what you're unwilling to pursue. Man, I live by this because even in my professional career, as well as in ministry and with my woman, <laughs> you won't possess what you're unwilling to pursue. Hello, somebody. So I continue to pursue what I have to do to be promotable on my job. I pursue development and education. I'm not just stopping with where I am currently because God has more for me to do with this company. There are more people that I have to make sure that I can get into their lives so that I can show them the light of God in corporate America. Hello, somebody. Because people that sit in those offices need God just as much as somebody sitting under a bridge. Hello. If not more so because you have to deal with a level of pride. Come on, somebody. And arrogance that you have to deal with on that, on that level. But God is calling some of us to be in corporate America so that we can shine a light. Hello, somebody. And so maybe he's calling you to do that. But listen, you can't possess what you're not willing to pursue. If you're not willing to go get educated, if you're not willing to go and, and take computer-based training so that you can understand something, if you're not willing to understand, well, what is my job? What am I supposed to do? But then you do more than that. You don't ever do the job that you're called to do. You know that, right, as a Christian? You always do more. See, that might be why you're not getting promoted. Because a lot of times what we want to do, we thank God he gave me the job, but you have show up or come late and then leave early, but then get mad when somebody else get promoted. I don't know if I'm talking to the right people or not. I'm telling you what I see all the time because I don't tell people I'm a pastor on my job. But I see people who are always confessing to be Christians, but I wouldn't hire them. I wouldn't even interview them. Because the level of integrity is not there. I don't see it, saints of God. This should not be. We're supposed to be the most faithful, the most joyful, the most dependable people on the planet. Stop asking God to bless you if you're not willing to pursue things that God wants you to pursue. And I hope I'm talking to the right church this morning. Right? Because see, some of the stuff that you're going to be asking God for, some things you're going to have to do yourself. You're going to have to ask yourself, what is my part in all of this? Work out your salvation. What is it that God will have me to do? Apostle Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I understood as a child, I speak as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. What childish things do you have to put away? Because God is not going to take away what you should be putting away. What is my part in all of this? How, what is my responsible level in this? What have I done? Because a lot of stuff, the devil didn't do it. A lot of stuff is bad choices. Come on, saints of God. It's bad choices. You give the devil too much credit. Stop blaming the devil. Take responsibility for your choices and your actions. Amen, somebody. Amen. Am I talking to the right house? All right, good. I can continue. Praise the Lord. Y'all with me this morning? Listen, I might get a little loud, but that's because I'm excited, not because I'm mad. If you're unwilling to pursue a relationship, listen, 
if I wasn't, if I didn't pursue this thing right here, <laughs> we wouldn't have 25 years in this thing, right? Then somebody else would have been blessed with her. Amen. 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 <laughs> so, but listen, dating didn't start until after we got married. See, the problem is most people date, then they get married, and they stop dating. No, you get married to date. I got one clap. Y'all must not be dating then, amen. (laughs) You better get it together in 2020, amen. We date. We've been dating. When we started this church, there was one factor. What's our date night? Don't call me on Friday. You don't, you don't, oh, Lord. Because Caitlin just said, or Thursday, because that's her night. So, <laughs> And since she's not married yet, we still date. We've been dating since she was, what, eight years old. I've been taking her out on dates. She's a grown woman now. We still go out on dates. Right? And so when she gets married, then he's going to have the dater. Amen. But until then, it's my responsibility as her father to make sure she understands what it means for a man to treat her like a queen. Amen. Amen. That's, 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 that's it right there, guys. And so, so yeah, so that's our date night. We, we have fun on date night. You can call Tim or Antonio, somebody else. Don't, don't, don't. Call God. Don't call me. So, <laughs> so, so y'all know, I'm, I'm always real with you. We've been real from day one. We're not here to sugarcoat anything. I tell you what, uh, if you like me and Elaine the way we are, you're going to love us because we're not changing for you. Right? You're going to love it. If I tell you all the time, if you come to our house, me and Elaine fussing, we're going to fuss right in front of you. We ain't going to go in no bedroom and fuss. No, we're going to fuss right in front of you. Amen. Right, because everybody fuss. If you ain't fussing, you ain't communicating. I don't care who you are. If you're in a relationship, you ain't going to agree with everything. Yeah. Marriage ain't easy, but it's worth it. You're going to have to put the work in. See, a lot of times, let me just say this before I move on. A lot of times, a man will go to another woman because he's not prioritizing and pursuing his own woman. She's not a priority, so you're not pursuing her. Because you can always find a new woman and an old woman. You just need to know where to search. That right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Is this all right? This grown folk talk, ain't it? But the kids need to know this too. Because let me tell you something. They're going to hear it. They're going to hear a whole lot more than what I'm talking about out there in the world. So why not let them hear from a man of God that's sitting in the pulpit that's going to tell them truth? Because one thing I will do, I'll tell your children the truth just like I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to sugarcoat the truth. You're not going to get some cotton candy message from me, and I'm not going to pat you on the back and let you die and go to hell when I'm telling you the truth of God's word. There is some commands of God that we have to live by if we're going to call ourselves Christians. We cannot speak like them, talk like them, dress like them, and act like them, and think somehow you deserve God's blessings. 
There has to be something different. You have to come out from among them and be ye separate. You got to separate yourself from the world and the world's actions. Come on, somebody. How can you be a light when you have capitulated to the darkness? When you lose focus, you lose interest. When you lose focus on anything, guys, you lose interest. Amen, somebody. Are you hearing me, saints of God? I'm trying to help us finish strong here. You're not going to finish strong if you lose focus. If you lose focus, that means you got distracted. What is distracting you? Amen. So if you don't set priorities, it's easy to get distracted. All right. So I'm going to keep on going, guys. I hope I hope this is making sense. There's an interesting passage in 2 Samuel chapter 2, or chapter 11, I'm sorry. Um, A lot of us remember this passage. It was where um, King David was supposed to be out to battle. You guys remember this? But instead of going out to battle, he he stayed home. Right? He, he, um, (laughs) he was like any man, he was curious. So just because you get saved don't mean you stop being. (laughs) And see, when you are in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing, then your curiosity will lead to idleness. So you become idle because you got your mind off of your priority. His priority was he should have been out at battle. But he, in a moment, in a transitional moment, he got up on the rooftop. Now, 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 there's some debate about why this woman was out there bathing uh, in the open. Anyway, but that's not the issue. I know people talk about that, but, but, <laughs> but he looked over there. Come on. And he saw her. Amen. His rubber band was broke. Y'all know, fellas, I've been talking to you about about that rubber band, keeping that rubber band tight. Because he looked, most men look, they just keep on looking. That rubber band is broke. So he looked, and then he inquired, and then sent for. So now he began to focus on something different, and his focus now made him pursue something that was now a priority. Are you seeing this with me, saints of God? So let me give you this right here. Idleness is the enemy to your calling. The enemy's greatest nightmare is when you discover your calling and pursue it. When you become idle, that is the greatest enemy to your calling. When you become idle, the enemy can cause you to do things, say things that you wouldn't normally say. Come on, somebody. In one moment of idleness, you might cut somebody out. No, don't look at me like y'all won't do it. Come on. Yeah, I've been, yeah, I'm, talking, I'm, I'm talking real. You know, you can get in the right time. Somebody, you can get in the right, boy, you can be in the right situation. And you know, you ain't been praying. It don't take but a second. Amen. Somebody cut you off in traffic. And then you, you, you point them to Jesus. But you're using a different finger. And got the audacity to have, what would Jesus do? Bumper stick on your car. Well, Jesus wouldn't do that. Am I talking to the right people? 
Come on. It's in those idle moments. You've been driving for four hours. Your mind just becomes idle. Somebody cut you off. Oh, boy, you, you got some words. <laughs> Elaine, I must be talking to the wrong church because I don't think nobody. I don't know about that. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about here? Yeah. Hey, man, it don't take but one moment. One moment of being idle, man, the enemy can have something to happen. And you make the wrong decision in a split moment. If you go to the prisons, not one man would tell you that I wanted to grow up to be a murderer. Not one would say I wanted to grow up to be a rapist. It's because of one moment, one moment, one bad moment in their life caused them to spend a lifetime behind bars. All it takes is one bad decision. One degree of change can change your life forever. One degree. One degree. When you talk about the totality of your life, oh, thank you, Jesus. Let me, let me put it this way. So, so when, she, when she flies to India, that's a long flight. I think the longest flight we've been on was when we came from, was it Barcelona? One of those places over there. Okay, so when, when you fly a long distance, that pilot plugs in where he's going, right? One degree, one degree off, one degree. It won't make a difference if you're flying short distance. Because you can, you can recover. But if you're flying for nine hours on a flight, that one degree, you don't know it. So you wind up <laughs> in the wrong place because of one degree of change. One degree of change can change your life forever. Now imagine if that one degree of change was for the good. Just one degree. Just one more scripture. Come on, I'm forgiving that person just one more time. Come on, somebody. Come on, just one degree of change can change your life forever. All, all it has to do is take is one degree. Water boils at what temperature? Come on. 212? The Celsius or Fahrenheit? All right, okay. So, <laughs> don't nobody know. Come on. Well, y'all go look it up. Google it. Look up, look up Prophet Google. <laughs> so let's just say at 211 degrees, it's still water. But one degree of change, it changes its state from a liquid form to a gas. One degree of change can change your life forever. Just one degree. What would that one change be in your life right now that can help you finish strong at the end of the year? Just one degree of change. It doesn't have to be anything big, but if you just do one degree of change, it can change your life forever. Because the secret to your success is found in your daily routine. What are you going to do daily to help you with your success? You can't be successful in your career or in business or in ministry if you don't understand that it's found in your daily routine. What are you doing daily to help you become successful? The principles that I preach, you can use them on Monday morning on the job. Why? Because I have to use them. Amen. Right? You can use them in your business, and you can use them in your ministries. Amen? Amen? Okay, so like David, we can be in the wrong place and become idle. It doesn't take but, a, but one opportunity for us to be idle. But listen, one, one of the other things, too, because I correlate David being in the wrong place to the children of Israel. 
See, the, I'm talking about the first generation. Now, the first generation knew about the land filled with milk and honey, right? But did they possess the land? Was the land theirs? Yes. Multiple and multiple times, God says, this is your land. You go in, but you have to go and possess it. Saints of God, there's some stuff that God has for you, but you got to go get it. This just not going to fall in your lap. It's like manna. Manna just didn't fall in their mouths. Manna, you had to go pick it up. As a matter of fact, you had to get down on your knees to pick up the manna, which is the type of the word. And so you got to go get your stuff. God told them multiple times that the land filled with milk and honey was theirs, but that first generation never got it because the knowledge of a thing is not the possession of it. Just because you think you know something doesn't mean you possessed it. Just because you can read a few scriptures don't mean you know what they mean. I get people all the time, man, when they find out, especially when they find out I'm a pastor, I say, hello, well, brother, I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed coming out, and I'm just, bro, I just say hello. My God, man, you're a super saint. Can't you, I just say hello, bro. Hello works. Oh, God is good all the time, brother. You just oversaved, man. Right? But then later on in the day, right, when all that bless me stuff is worn out, when I see they talking about their managers, oh, the same manager that they want a promotion from, the bad mouthing. But wait a minute, bro, I thought you was blessed going in and blessed. This foolishness is fakery. We got too many Christian posers. They want the king's things without the king. Your Christian light. It's just lightweight Christianity. There's no weightiness to it. There's no, there's no substance to it. You don't, you just, you're just a lightweight Christian. You just go to church, but you don't know Christ. Those days are over, saints. I'm telling you. Listen, listen to me very carefully when I'm speaking to you. God is calling us to go to the higher degree of understanding who he is and who we are in him. And you can't live your life through somebody else. You better have your own relationship. And you can't blame your church or your pastor or your mama them, your daddy them, all of them. You can't blame anybody but yourself. So we better take responsibility for where we are and move out into the things of the Lord. Amen, somebody? And so the children of Israel, they never possessed it. So it was the second generation that actually went in. But when they went in, they had to fight. Don't you know for whatever God has for you, you're going to have to fight for it? Chastity, you got to fight with everything in your being, girl. You got to fight this dis-ease inside of you. Everything in me I had to fight to make sure that my mind and I wasn't getting confused by the enemy telling me that I was going to die. Every day was a fight. Every day laying on that table getting radiation in my body. I had to fight. It's a fight. Every day I had to fight to make sure my wife was okay, my daughter was okay, even though I'm the one that was standing in need of prayer. You're going to have to fight everything. You're going to have to fight for it. And let me tell you something, it's easier getting something than keeping it. 
You're going to have to fight for every morsel that God has for you, saints of God. You're going to have to fight for your sanity. You're going to have to fight for your children. That's why he said fight in the book of Nehemiah. He said fight for your wives. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your sons. They had a trial in one hand and a sword in the other so they can build and battle all at the same time. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to build. And while you're building, you might have to battle. But let me tell you something. I want some strong brothers around me. I want no wimps around me. I ain't no wimp, and I don't like wimpy men. I can't stand wimpiness. My wife knows that drives me crazy. I can't stand whining, man. Tighten up your bootstraps, man. It's time for us to get get busy here. You got to be the front runner for your wife. Why aren't you the first one to worship? Why aren't you the first one to pray? Why aren't you the first one to get dressed and get your children to church? Oh, see, see that kind of talk, that kind of talk right there? See, see, you got the silence of Adam. That's why you need to come to my men's gathering so we can teach you how to be a man. I mean, a strong man. None of this wimpiness that you see in the culture today. I'm talking about an alpha male. Come on, where my alpha men at? That's what I'm talking about. I am an alpha male, and I got an alpha female. You know what? If she had a little punked out man, she would have ran over him. (laughs) She would have. Wait a minute. Ladies in here, all the alpha ladies in here, you know you don't want no little wimpy man. You got to tell him everything to do. You got to tell him how to lead. You got to tell him how to clean. You got to tell him how to love you. (laughs) But his message just turned. It just turned. I better get back control. Amen. Amen. But an alpha male know how to love his woman. Why? Because can't nobody love her like me. Amen. You better better know it. Uh, Something happens to me, that next brother going to be in trouble. Amen. She said it won't be no next one. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Y'all hear what I'm saying here? (laughs) So listen, don't settle for a limited life. Finish strong. Put your hand on your heart and say, I'm not going to settle for a limited life. I'm going to finish strong. Come on, come on. Make that that your declaration this year. I'm going to finish strong. I'm not going to settle for a limited life because I don't serve an unlimited, a, a limited God. I serve an unlimited God. Therefore, my resources are unlimited because my resources come from the sustainer, the author and finisher of my faith. And therefore, since he owns the cattle of a thousand hills, he's got everything I need. Amen. I assume that's a lot of money, but I don't own cattle, but I figure it's kind of pricey. So, all right, we ready here? All right. So John 434, let's go back. Jesus said, that my food, see the purpose of Jesus, a lot of people don't even know the purpose of Jesus. The purpose uh, of Jesus coming is to reveal the Father to the world. See, we only get to know who the Father is through Jesus Christ, right? He, he came to reveal the Father. Christ is the revelation to the world of the Father's love. Without him coming, we really wouldn't had, would have had a man to walk the earth like, like we have Jesus Christ. He is God. So he came to show us how we are to operate as Christians in the earth today, in the earth realm. Amen. So, so because of the fall, everything after the fall is redemptive. 
That's why we have to renew. That's why we have to refresh. That's why we have reconciliation. Everything. God is fixing everything that man broke. So, so, so now for us to have a representation of who Christ really was, we have to go back before the fall. So we have to have a pre-fall mentality. Because when you go to a pre-fall mentality, then you can ask yourself, what would the competency level of a man be like without sin in his life made in the image of day of God, in the image of God? What could that man do? Then you have to go back to before the fall. Adam was created to be that way, the first man. But he failed. So Jesus Christ came to take us back to the way it was. So that we will have a pre-fall mentality and understanding that I am made in the image of God. Therefore, I am just like God without trying. Why? Because it's in my DNA. His seed is inside of me. When I go home, I look just like my daddy and all my brothers. Just like them. I don't have to try to dress like them. I don't have to try to look like them. I look like them because of DNA. You look like your daddy because of DNA. His seed is inside of you. Come on. And the seed reproduces after its kind. Come on, somebody. See, that's why Jesus said on the cross, today you shall be with me before the fall. He's trying to bring us back to what God created originally. And so while we're living in this fallen world and we think that somehow that God is not on the throne and somehow I can't believe all of this stuff is happening. It has to happen because it's time for you to raise up. He's raising up his sons and daughters in his end time so that we can live just like we don't have sin in our lives made in the image of God. What could you do? What would be your competency level? then you got to look in the face of Christ because when you look in the face of Christ, that's when you see God. He is the epitome. He is the revelation of who God really is. Come on, somebody. And so when you have Jesus inside of you, people should not even see you anymore. They should see Jesus, Christ in you, hope of glory. So they should see the hope. You should have some hope inside of you to give to somebody else. Something about how you speak to people, your eyes, how you care for people. You should give them hope because a lot of people are losing hope today. Come on, somebody. Man, God can use you to bring hope to anybody. Just be a concerned person. Be a concerned co-worker. Be a concerned neighbor. Right? You don't have to go over there and hashabab, tabab, buy me a Cadillac and a Kawasaki. You don't have to do none of that. Stop, stop being super spiritual and just get humble. And let the Lord use you. You can get the words downloaded to you from the Holy Ghost. And you can speak life into somebody and bring them newness of life. Amen. I'm not going to finish weak. I'm going to finish strong. I'm going to finish strong, saints of God. See, Jesus said, my food. He said, my food. My food. Somebody say food. He said, my food is to do the will. So in other words, in other words, this is what I want to tell you. We are uh, uh, nourished and fulfilled not only by what we take in, but also by what we give out in completing the Father's will. Jesus said, my food is to do his will. So when you fulfill his will by doing what he wants you to do, you become fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Because it is good to give. I'm telling you, it is good to give. It feels good to give, guys. Come on. If you don't like to give, there's something wrong with you. It feels good to give. And you can't outgive God. 
Because as soon as you give something, God will bless you. And you're like, well, let me give this too. And he'll bless you even more. Right? God blessed Job with double when he prayed for his. I pray for my friends all the time. (laughs) I pray for my friends. I'm praying for y'all to be blessed, incredibly blessed. I mean, extravagantly blessed. Amen. And that's why I'm blessed. Amen. I'm a blessed man. I'm sin before. I ain't, and I ain't ashamed about it either. I'm a blessed man. And I'm going to be blessed even more. See, listen, because I focus a lot on what, what God has for me to do, I don't ever get jealous about what God has you to do. Focus on what God has for you to do. Stay in your lane. Amen. Stay in your lane. Um, let me give you one more scripture, and I think I'm a, I don't know. I don't even want to stop. I hate closing. <laughs> John 17 and 4, he says, I have glorified you on the earth. I have what? I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Saints of God, this is a pretext. Because when he said this, shortly thereafter was when he went to the cross. Now, I want you to go to your Bibles in in John chapter 19. Look at John chapter 19. So this, what he spoke, is a pretext. John chapter 19. Um, Let's look at at verse 28. I'll start there. Jesus said, after this, after this, Jesus, knowing that the things were now accomplished. Remember, he said, I came to finish his work. This is when Jesus was on the cross, knowing that all had been accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up the spirit. So we know when Jesus said it is finished, the cost of redemption was paid because that word finish, if you look that up in the Greek, means paid in full. So he paid the price. Now, listen, you got to remember that when he said it's finished, it didn't mean that the work was still done. That redemption was done. Now, the reason I can say that, go to the book of Acts. See why we had Bible study this morning. Go to the book of Acts. Dr. Luke here. Dr. Luke says, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach. Acts 1. Y'all need to be in the Holy Ghost. I need to pray a little harder. <laughs> My bad, I'm sorry. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Let me read it again. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'll start rolling when I get in this Bible. I'm sorry. So Acts chapter 1, verse 1. It says, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach. Notice he said he began it, but on the cross he said it is finished. Right? What was finished was the cost of redemption. But what just began was the ministry. Somebody say he's talking about me now. 
That's why he said, the works that I do, you shall do also, but greater work shall you do. Why? Because I paid the price so that you could finish the ministry. That's why he gives you Ephesians 4, and he gives you the fivefold ministry to equip the saints, to perfect the saints for the work of the ministry. Because that's the part that we should be doing. Amen, somebody. Amen. Right? So you see how all this tied is? Jesus finished what he needed to do so that we can finish the ministry. So now, Jesus, we know he created science, omniscient, all-knowing, all omni, all science, where we get the word science. So he's all-knowing. Jesus knows science. He knows that only one object can occupy one space at the same No two objects can occupy the same space at the same time. He knew that because he knows science. So Jesus said, all right, I'm going to go be with my father, but I'm going to send you somebody. I'm going to send you a strengthener, a paracletos. I'm going to send you somebody that can be in everybody who receives it. Therefore, now Jesus can be everywhere at one time. That's why we can do greater works, because he's not just one man trying to minister. Now we are the sons of God. We're heirs with God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Therefore, we can operate with the same tools because we got the same inheritance. Right? Because we're sons. Now we're not orphans any longer. You're not an orphan, saints of God. You're not waiting for somebody to pick you. He already picked you. Stop acting like orphans. You're sons. You're in the family now. Act like you're in the family. You shouldn't be coming to church all Toe up. <laughs> you better know who your daddy is. Amen. Get some life about you. Amen. You should, you should never go on your job and oh God. Hate this place. <laughs> Come on, guys. Look, I've been there, man. I ain't lying. I've been there. I ain't lying. I'm, I'm just talking about myself right now. I ain't lying. I've been there. I've been there. I ain't lying. I've been, I've been Oh Lord, I've been there. And so, but but I had to learn. That the promotion don't come from the east or the west. Amen. Right? So I had to change my, I'm, I'm, I'm stopped preaching already. I had to change my attitude. Amen? Because the job that I thought I wanted, it wasn't a job that I needed. So he closed that door, and I went through my go-through, my complaining. Y'all know, y'all know. I can't believe God. I, I trained them. I'm the one that deserved that office. Come on, come on. I did it. I did it. I ain't lying. I did most of it in the shower. God, I can't believe you let that happen to me. That joker don't even deserve that job. Glory to God. <laughs> and I don't know what it is about me and God. I would fuss, and then all of a sudden, I end up crying. Because I can't believe you just gave that job to him, God. I, I deserved it. I, I did. I'm sorry. I'm just confessing. I did the same thing. He got the job, and then I had to repent for how I was acting, right? And then I, I actually served this person. I served him well. And um, then God blessed me with a better job, right? But he took me away from that company because later I found out that whole group all got let go. <laughs> Let me tell you something, guys. You're going to learn this later on in the next part of this, this message. That's what, when God closes a door, he closes it for a reason. Stop complaining about the closed door. Just, God, that it was closed. Uh, obviously, you did it for a reason. So, therefore, I know that there is a door that you're about to open for me. 
Amen. Because he might be preventing you from making a wrong decision. Amen. That's all I got for this morning. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.